We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Rocket Mortgage Classic. First look, research, picks, early picks at least, and preview you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings. Easy, hit the description, and the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League link will be down there. Also remember to smash the like button for the video, and in the comment section, give me your pick to win. First thought, in your head, boom, who's your pick to win this week in Detroit, and boom, we're good to go. From that front... Also, please subscribe to Mayo Media Network, rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. If you are a podcast listener, or even if you're not a podcast listener, I did put out an audio version of the Wimbledon Pick Show that is up on video-wise on the YouTube channel right now, and that's up on my podcast feed, along with the Mix podcast feed as well. And I did a brief intro, about a five-minute intro, that we are hiring at Mayo Media Network. For NFL season, I'm looking for a host, maybe an analyst as well. So uh, you can kind of wrap your mind around that. More details if you download that episode and listen to it. It's only in the audio version because understanding audio and video and the difference between the two are part of the job that I'm looking for someone to do. It's a paid gig. So if you know anyone who's big into fantasy football, you need to be able to talk season long betting and DraftKings, mind you. But if you know one of those people, send them my way. Uh, we're going to cut a demo reel with some people and see who is good and see who is not. And I'll eventually pick one or two people to become hosts on Mayo Media Network. But we're talking golf right now. And if you want the best way to utilize all of the tools, all of the knowledge, get it. FantasyNational.com. If you use fantasynational.com slash mayo, you get 20% off in a monthly membership right now. It's full access to the site, obviously. Uh, we'll take you through the British Open. So you want to get ramped up for the British Open? Now is the time to become a member at fantasynational.com. When I do my walkthrough today, what you will see on the screen, 
will be what I see on Fantasy National. You can just walk along with me and see, uh, maybe you'll see some things that I'm not seeing when I bring up the viz onto the screen. But let's talk about the field in Detroit. This is the third year of this event. It's 156 players in the field. And the top 65 and ties are going to make the cuts. One of the weaker fields around, although the field this time, not so terrible. Uh, I obviously do not know the results of the Travelers Championship as of the time that I am recording this. Uh, Even Abraham Answer isn't even on the course yet. By the way, people out there, on a Thursday morning when your guy isn't playing well, and obviously it's a guy I picked as well, calm down with the, oh my God, Abraham Ansar, never again. And like you look up on Saturday and the guy's like T10, uh, might even come inside the top five if he plays well. Like fucking calm down until he actually misses the cut, all right? You people are the scum of the universe and you know who you are. Just calm down. I know you want to get your frustrations out, but people don't get cut after one day. They get cut after two days. And especially at a tournament where birdies come in bunches like the Travelers Championship, guys can rally. Trust me. We just saw it with a bunch of players who had a shitty opening round. And this is what we're looking at right now in terms of the Travelers Championship. And we're going to have the same thing at Rocket Mortgage this week. Uh, This is the course with some of the most birdies and eagles of any course in the regular rotation on the PGA Tour. At least that's what we've seen the first two years. So if a guy's like plus two after day one as crappy day one, he could shoot seven under. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's the likeliest outcome, but it happens. So just calm your tits on a Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon. Just wait till the guy actually misses the cut. Maybe he'll rebound and everything was fine. Charlie Hoffman and Abraham answer. Never, I will never apply these two again. Oh, they had good Fridays. Oh, they're the best. Like fucking get it together. All right. Don't be a Twitter hero on Thursday morning. It's just, it's the equivalent of the people who victory lap great picks on a Thursday morning. Be like, yeah, there's three more rounds here. Um, you can be pumped. That's great. Your guy gets off to a good start. See where they are on Sunday. Okay. Okay, thank you for my uh, my brief aside in the PSA on that. So, in terms of the field this week at the Rocket Mortgage, uh, Jason Day in contention. He's playing for back-to-back weeks. Obviously, he got the rest because he didn't try to qualify for the U.S. Open. Webb Simpson... Who else do we got here? Matthew Wolf is playing, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Kokrak, and Danny Willett. Kevin Kisner had a top five at this course last year. Sungjae is back. Joaquin Neiman is in the field. Bryson DeChambeau, last year's winner. He is playing again. Be the third consecutive week for Bryson. I assume he takes off. I mean, Lord knows with him, he's won the John Deere before, so maybe he goes and plays the John Deere before the British Open. I would assume that he ends up going overseas right away, though. Other than that, then it's like you're kind of run-of-the-mill field. You have, like, Lucas Glover, Pat and Kazire, Chris Baker, the birdie maker, Adam Hadwin and Lanto are both playing. Ricky Fowler tries to get it back together once again at his sponsor's tournament. And he's sponsored by a bunch of places, but he is a rocket mortgage guy, so maybe he can get it going. He tends to play here everywhere. Bubba and Reed are both playing in this field as well. Higo, uh, we'll see once again. Will Zalatoris is back for the first time since the U.S. Open after not making a birdie at the U.S. Open. He's back for the Rocket Mortgage Field. Hopefully that kills his odds a little bit. Uh, see, woo, Kim Emiliano Grio coming off a chalky miscut. Who else? Shez Reevy kind of rebounded throughout the weekend. Back-to-back miscuts for Keegan Bradley, but he will be in the field in Detroit as well. Norn and Champ both playing. Phil playing once again. I don't know why Phil's playing so much golf. He's going to play on the Seniors Tour. Get some wins under your belt. Jimmy Walker, who had been playing pretty well uh, leading up to the U.S. Open. I think he made the cut at the U.S. Open, too. I mean, I can just click on his name and try to confirm that, but it seemed like he was picking it up. Yeah, he was 70th at the U.S. Open. Not a great weekend, but he was 6th at Memorial before that, uh, gaining 7.1 strokes on approach, which I'm going to go look at his career. That is the 
fifth most strokes he has gained on approach since 2012 in any tournament. This is a guy who was, like, really good at one point. He won a major. Uh, so maybe he's coming out of a funk a little bit. I mean, looking at the U.S. Open numbers probably isn't the best way to assess things, where you're against the strongest field in golf at probably the hardest course that they're going to see all year. Probably very little correlation with the Rocket Mortgage. Just chucking that one out there. But that's what I'm looking at right now in terms of the field. Max Homa is playing as well. I believe I have everything set to a Donald Ross filter. I was like, why is Bryson so low on this? It's because I had everything set to a Donald Ross filter. Because uh, it's Donald Ross course. We're out of the Pete Dye swing on the PGA Tour. We're into the Donald Ross swing. So we have this, Wyndham, and the Tour Championship coming up. Oh, my guy, Mackenzie Hughes is playing. Russell Knox, Sneds, Vince Whaley back in the field. All right, so it's one of these... We go through this every single year. It's the... It, it seems like the top end is a little bit stronger than it normally would be for in for this event in particular. But we've just been seeing this all year long. Like Pebble Beach was really the nadir of what we saw for field strength. And even then, we still had like Berger and Spieth and Cantlay up near the top in terms of field strength. And we got like Bryson and Bubba. So it's like a tier three event uh, or even a tier four event if we think like majors, WGCs, the top end invitationals like Memorial. Then there's these sorts of tournaments. So you see like the Texas swing has a lot of these. So, um, you know, it's kind of right picking. The weird thing about a field like this at a tournament that's so easy like this one is we see the best players, I mean, Bryson won last year and he did it in a really unconventional way where he led the field, became the first player ever to lead a field and off the tee and putting all in the same week. Uh, and that's how he ends up going to victory. I actually found a really neat, uh, when I was looking at last year's leaderboard, just something you don't notice very often. I'll get to that when we get to the course stats, but when you deal with a course where like minus 20, minus 21, minus 22 is going to be the winning score, it just, in a field of 156, it's actually at a disadvantage to the best players because where the course is so easy, like you see the cream really rise to the top, the harder the course gets with the better that the players are. Uh, that's why the U.S. Open, you look at the top of the leaderboard, like, oh, it's all of the good players. That's why they're all up here, and especially like driving distance players uh, at, that, at, these, at the U.S. Open as well. And you just see it at majors time after time. Um, and then you have like the British Open where that's, you know, a bit more wind variance. You could have wave variance, so you can see a mismatch one. And easy courses like this where you can just generate birdies and bunches, like Corn Ferry guys can come out and win an event like this over Bryson. I, I mean, like I said, Bryson won last year. But Nate Lashley, who was a like a Monday qualifier, the last man in the field, you couldn't even bet him two years ago. And he just went and ran away with the thing. So when the course gets easier, you know, a hot putter and a hot a few hot wedges, all of a sudden you're absolutely dancing at a course like this. So I, I actually think that you can look deeper in the field this time around if you want to. It's going to be a really difficult week to figure out because it's a little bit longer, but it's not like oppressively long. It's a par 72. Uh, it's you know just over 7,300 yards. It's not as short as it was last week. So you're going to see a few more mid iron shots rather than just a wedge fest. But at the same time, guys are going to make a ton of birdies. I think there were two rounds last year. Matthew Wolf had made 25 birdies and eagles like combined, which was the most at like any course ever. So guys can go light it up if they want to. If they got the flat stick rolling and the approaches are working uh, then it's going to be an absolute shootout so you know your R richie warinsky's of the world or your adam shanks or bryce garnett's can go out and put up numbers with the best of the guys in a field at a course as easy as this let's talk about this course though get into it a little bit let me try to switch over here there we go um it is detroit 
Country Club. It's an amalgamation of the courses that they have on the site. There's two courses here. They put them all together. Uh, the 17th is the easiest hole historically. The 18th is the toughest hole. There's only been two years of data from this, and both years look completely different. Um, and I'll just kind of jump into it right now where off the tee last year, I think this is it. Uh, that's two years ago. Here's last year. So the 2020 Rocket Mortgage, obviously you see the results. Bryson Wolf, Kisner, Ryan Amal, Danny Willett, Hadwin. Might be a nice look for Hadwin here as he's starting to play a little bit better. Hatton, Simpson, Straka. Straka's played well in both events at this course uh, in its history. Mav McNeely. I didn't even look at what the green size was here. I can probably bring that up. Let's see here. Green size is, yeah, 5150. So, yeah, pretty uh, on the smallish end of green sizes. You can see it's bent grass with POA uh, on, on the greens, bent grass with POA almost all the way through. It's a bluegrass mix in the rough. Uh, and the usual eighth and ninth holes will be number one and two for the tournament at this course because they change up the order just a little bit because it's been completely rerouted because it includes a hole from the south course. But mainly it's going to be played from like, what, what does it say here? Uh, the south's first hole will function as the tournament's third hole and will be played from the north course's first tee box hole. Uh, so I'd imagine it's going to be a lot like that for the Canadian Open next year. Jeff's home course, because I played there, I believe they have 27 holes on that course. They're probably just going to pick and choose and mash holes together to make it long enough and difficult enough for the field. So you see that here uh, every once and again. And you see Hubbard, Matt Wallace, Cameron Champ, Seamus Power. Power continues to play well. I think it's like four or five consecutive cuts for him in a row. So you can see sort of the variations, although the best players did leak towards the top here uh, when it came down to it. Matsuyama was 21st last year. I think he was 13th the year before that. He's in the field again. But here's what I really noticed. So if you sort by strokes gained off the tee, Putnam, not a great showing for you, pal. But if we go to the top, Bryson obviously wins. But when I broke it all down, um, it looked like this. Of the top 16 guys in strokes gained off the tee from last year, 15 of them made the cut. And all but Bubba Watson, who missed the cut, and Kevin Chappell, who's right here, finished T62. The rest of them finished inside the top 30, which is kind of impressive. You see, like, first, 12th, 12th, 21st, 21st, 30th, 21st. Richie Warinski. It's a tongue-twisting name for me. Troy Merritt, Lonto, Hideki, Varner, Matt Wolf, Tom Lewis, Luke Liss, like they're all, and even if you skip to Ryan Brem, who missed the cut. Then you have Victor, Norlander, and Seb Straka, who came 12th, 12th, and 8th. Like, it's a big, for whatever reason last year, guys kind of took the Bryson formula. Like, I'm just going to hit it as far as possible, and everything is going to work out with me. And even looking at it, um, in terms of drives, it was one of the most generous courses off the tee just by going for it. The field hit, the field average was over 300 yards on driving distance, and over 50% of drives went over 300 yards. So although it's a bit longer than something like the Travelers on paper, guys kind of scale back at the Travelers a little bit because that's an advantage on some of these holes to get yourself to the proper distance. And of course, that's a little bit longer. The drives are just going to be so much longer at this one. Now, this didn't play itself out the year before. As you can see, I sorted by strokes gained off the tee for 2019, and it's not really giving us the same kind of thing. Uh, you don't see anyone inside the top 15 of the top 10 who are off the tee that year. It was more of an approach-heavy event. Um, I mean, even then, I mean, you see Nate Lashley gain 9.3 strokes putting, so it was a lot of putting. Um, but, you know, 5.6, you have Neiman and Wes Roach. They were all above five strokes gained uh, on approach. So was Cam Tringali. He came in fifth. Doc Redman, who came second, was above three. So it was weird that that was more of an approach year where last year was more of an off-the-tee year. And maybe people figured out that it's really easy to play out of the rough here. So maybe that's a route that we want to take. I just thought that was really interesting when looking back at some of the results. So again, only two years at this course. 
Uh, we haven't listed it POA because of the POA trivials that are in. I'll talk to Mike to see whether or not that will get updated because it is bent grass this time of year at the course. Uh, but there is like a, an underlying bit of POA that's in there. Scoring, super easy. So when we sort by that, we can figure it out. Hitting a fairway is pretty easy, and guys are driving it as far as they can. So very generous. The green speeds are fast. The rough length is long, but it's not prohibitive either at the same time. Like, that was essentially Bryson's, stra- Bryson's strategy at the U.S. Open last year at Wingfoot, where he just hit it as far as possible into the rough, and it didn't make a difference. Uh, he did that at this course, too. The rough, although considered long, was not as challenging uh, as the U.S. Open was. So you can get away with that uh, at Detroit Country Club. We look at it, I mentioned uh, number 17, the par 5, easiest hole on the course. Number 18, played last year as the hardest hole on the course. Historically, the par Three, number 11, is the hardest over the course of the two years. We see a 3% eagle rate uh, for number 17, a 2% eagle rate for number 14, a 2% eagle rate for number 7. Guys are going to be making eagles uh, at this course. And really easy birdie holes, 47% birdie rate, 40% eagle rate, 45% birdie rate, 30, 29, 25. So... You're looking pretty good at this course. If you're if you're if you're playing well, you can go like minus twenty two, minus twenty three, and you're probably going to find an outlier player like that. This is one of these courses where if someone just stays hot for three rounds, they can really build up a huge lead. We haven't seen that as much as guys, you know, even like a Kramer Hickok situation. I have no idea no idea if he's going to win the Travelers Championship or not, but he got it rolling really good. And where he was a first-timer ever with a lead in the PGA Tour this late into a third round, and he kind of crumbled a little bit coming down the stretch when the pressure started getting to him. So uh, there's no showdown influence here, really, with the hardest hole being number 11 and the second hardest hole being number 18. So there's no real wraparound. So play your showdown, guys, any way you want. Um, but eagle rate is most definitely going to be factored into the situation. So I went over course history a little bit, but I'll just check that out a little bit more. Again, only two years of data from this course. And uh, we just see who's made the cut both years. Ryan Armour, a fourth and a 46th. Cam Champ, a 12th and a 46th. Bryson's played it once. He won. He's back this year. Luke Donald has made the cut two years in a row. Had been playing better golf until a disaster at the Travelers Championship. Dick Fowler. 12th and a 46. Bryce Garnett coming and playing some good golf, actually, at the Travelers Championship. He was T17 two years ago in his only start. Hadwin, T4 in his only start. The Glove, T21 in his only start. Uh, Mark Hubbard is someone I'm actually most definitely going to be eyeing. He's having a great Travelers Championship. He's one of these, like, next-tier players. I actually messaged his brother, uh, Nate Hubbard, who's been on the show, uh, co-host of the Ringer Fairway Rolling Podcast, uh, I mentioned was like, is, it, is next week the week for your brother? Like, uh, does he have the irons and putter rolling? Because that's all it really takes at this course. And someone like Mark Hubbard, we know, can go light it up. Had a really good Wyndham championship last year as well. Another Donald Ross course. So maybe we'll click on the Donald Ross filter and see how that goes. He was another player who tends to play well at Donald Ross courses too. Kisner. Starting to show a little bit of life. He was third, T46 the year before that, so he's been pretty good. Sungjae, T53 and T21. You'd expect better out of Sungjae at a weaker field event like this, but no, that has not been the case. Uh, Tom Lewis, a T12 last year. Hideki, T21, T13 in his two starts. Mav, T8. Troy Merritt, T8 a year ago. Neiman was a T5 in his only start. TPJ went T5 to T66, and I wonder... 
if the course was set up a little differently the second year and it really gave more of an advantage to those guys that can drive the ball really well because you just see huge discrepancies between some guys who you noticeably think as better iron players overall. I mean, then you have someone like Webb, who's not a great driver of the ball. He's an okay driver of the ball, but can get it really hot with the irons and putter. Um, but you see more of Alina, these like shorter hitting iron specialists who like s- scrape up at super easy courses like Ted Potter Jr. It would be almost like a perfect example of that. And then he struggled a little bit. Maybe he just didn't play well. I don't know. But that's just something I would just kind of look into a little bit. Uh, Seb Straka, two T- he actually probably has the best performance of any of these guys. Uh, T8 and a T11 in his career. Stumanji, the local guy, you're going to hear all about him this week, a T5 and a T30. A T5 and a T30 for Cam Tringali as well in his career. Uh, second for Matthew Wolf. You play Bryson, you usually play Wolf. I don't know. I mean, he played well enough at the U.S. Open. Didn't play well at the Travelers last year. Didn't play well at the Travelers this year. Probably not going to hold that against him. But the fact that he's back on the course, he's playing, should be good enough uh, for him. I might go back to Matthew Wolf this week. It all depends on what their odds are going to be, to be perfectly honest with you. So I'll take a look into those guys. But that's how the tournament history really shakes down. At the Rocket Mortgage. Let's be honest, you're not getting as good of sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, that's me, you're not alone. More than half of Americans, I'm not even American, I still experience this, but more than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. At Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows, and we'd like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. By taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root and jujube fruit, Dreams is a perfect blend for the perfect sleep. Go to BrickhouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickhouseSleep.com. Promo code MAYO. Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, or trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on the trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now. Again, StockX.com. Let's jump into the stats for the tournament, and we will take a peek at what the model looked like last year. Do I have a Rocket Mortgage model? Let's see here. Rocket Mortgage is under Detroit. East Lake, Detroit, sad. Well, that's never a good sign. So based on what we just kind of talked about, why well, I didn't even have off the T in the model, probably why it didn't work out too well. So let's completely reset this. I'm going to leave in Eagles gained. I'll leave in par fours, uh, 450 to 500 yards, because it looks like there are, let's see, there's four par fours from 350 to 400, another four from 400 to 500. Those are some of the harder holes on the courses. But where it does seem like you get more distance, and that's kind of factored in here with the 
average shot distribution. Not a lot from 170. So it's like 175 and in a lot of wedges. Actually kind of mimics what we saw last week at the Travelers Championship. So I'm going to take 450 to 500 out because in my mind, what it looks like is that it's playing a little bit shorter than that. So your typical 475-yard hole is actually probably playing around like 430 with the way that a lot of the field is driving the ball and just kind of letting it rip with so many drives over 300 yards. So I'm going to take that one out. I'll get rid of birdies or better again and keep opportunities gained. Don't need to double up on that. And I'll increase the 350 to 400, and hopefully that will factor in some of the proximity ranges that I'm looking for. I'll leave in putting, but I'm going to bump that up to 10%, leave eagles in at 5%. So that leaves us with 5% for eagles. I'm going to decrease par fives to 5% because I have eagles gained in there already. Uh, So I'll go eagles gained, par fives gained, both at 5%, 350 to 400 par fours, 10% opportunities gained, 15% strokes gained putting at 10%. So now we're going to add in our strokes gained metrics. I'll go ball striking. I'll go off the tee. And I'll go approach. Now, of course, ball ball striking is the mix of those. So I'll only weight that at 5%. I'll go off the tee, 20%. I'll go approach, 20%. See where that leaves us. We're at 90%. So we have an allocation of 10 more percent to go and I will likely use that on proximity. I'll go 125 to 150 and I'll go with 50 to 175. Is that what we saw? That's what we saw pop up as the shot where the plurality of pro shots come from. I'm hoping that the Eagles gained can kind of work in unison with proximity from 200 yards plus. Uh, I'm hoping that factors in a little bit more. So I'll set 125 to 150 to 5% and 150 to 175 at 5% and just see what this how this goes. Can't be any worse than last year, according to my sad note from the model. Maybe this one uh, will do it. It's set for the past 24 rounds right now, all courses. Obviously, it does not factor in the Travelers Championship odds because that tournament is not yet completed. And we'll see what it spits us out over the past 24 rounds. Bryson, Kokrak, Hoffman, Neiman, Matsuyama, Bradley. Oh, and it just jumped on me. Max Homa is also going to be up there. Uh, Gary Woodland, see, woo, Kim, Phil Mickelson, The Glove, Grio, Kadaira, Varner, Danny Lee. I don't know why he keeps jumping on me. That's really weird. My stupid internet's kicking in and out. Bramlett, Reed, Sloan, Stanley, Hoagie, McCumber, Seifert, Laird, Gim, and Tom Lewis. Uh, We can look at the rolling report for this as well. So if I go to sample size, sort by rolling report, and I'll select a stat, and I'll select the custom model. I'll rerun it. This will take a little bit more time to load uh, because it's drawing from all of the areas and combining them into one table. By the way, if you want to use fantasynational.com slash mail for 20% off, you can run this with any stat that you want. It doesn't need to be the custom model. You want to look at proximity. You want to look at opportunities gained. Just set whatever stat that you want uh, and run it. So we'll look at the past 100 rounds. So past 100 rounds, Hoffman, Neiman, Bradley, Hideki, Kokrak, Grio, Werner, C. Woo! Kim, and Will Zalatoris. The worst player, like Neesmith, Lanto, Liss, Tringali, Bubba, Norlander. Norlander had a really nice showing. Last four rounds, he's number one. So that's really interesting. It's funny to see Hoffman until you get to the past eight rounds. And some of the better players are actually put at a disadvantage because it's including their U.S. Open stats because uh, we can sort this to scoring uh, relative to par easy at the same time and then see what that spits out too. So past 50 rounds, not much of a change really. Keegan jumps up, Wolf jumps up. 
Anyone from way down the list jump up? Chris Kirk jumps up. That actually makes some sense. Russell Knox jumps up to Kyle Stanley, uh, a moderate increase. If we go to past 12 rounds, uh, Bryson Stanley, Kokrak, Matsuyama, Hoffman, Reed Chapel, Laird, Party Marty, Scott Piercy, the king of QAnon, Patton Kazire, Hank Lebiota, uh, Keegan Bradley, Homa Kadiri. See, Kadira just progressively get better. So at the 100 round mark he was at 139 over the past 12 he's 14th and he's kind of kept that up from the past 24 rounds and he's having another nice showing again this week a lot of it is due to his putting granted uh however i mean if he continues to putt well sometimes you can ride that i i do think that's a bit of a soft spot in daily fantasy on DraftKings. is that Listen, putting is unpredictable. There are better putters than worse putters, obviously, and the worst putter in the field can be the best putter on any single week. But I think that sometimes that we overlook consistency in putting going in, and it can always flip on a moment's notice. But we just never give these guys any weight to begin with, especially if they're doing other stuff well. I would want them to be doing other stuff well. And that's sort of the drawback to Kadira at the Travelers Championship right now. Previously, he had come in, his approaches were really, really good, and he was putting well. At the Travelers, he's just kind of putting well and doing everything pretty mediocre. That if he had got his approaches to come along with him and kept up his putting, all of a sudden, like he's a legit contender. And he was T9 going into the final round at Travelers. No idea where he finishes up, obviously. At the same time, he can't, like, let's just click on him for a second. I think he gained like eight strokes putting through three rounds. But you can see 6.5, 4.2, 5.6. Obviously, he's found something on the greens. And whether that goes tits up and he goes back to the guy who was losing over three in two rounds at each of the previous events, but that's such a dramatic difference. Like, it's almost a nine-stroke swing from event to event, and then he consistently keeps it going, gaining at least 4.2 strokes in each of his pre... Unless he loses, like, four today. It's going to be four events in a row now. Now, that would be the biggest run of his career, obviously, because he vacillates between being a bad putter and a good putter. But if he truly has found something on the greens, like, I don't think that we should necessarily overlook that. I wouldn't say that makes him an obvious play just because he's putting well but you can see that he was also ball striking really well at the same time to go along with it now that part has gone i don't know if that's ever going to come back or he goes on another run like this but we've seen enough from him throughout the course of his career to know that he can hit his irons pretty decently the the off the tee is something new for him uh where he continues to gain but if he continues to putt like this like you have to give him a look at some point where you have to think it's not just a fluke and maybe it's a hot streak maybe it's a run and that's how putting works a lot of the time but if you continue to ride his heater and no one else wants to do it because they're like oh putting is stupid um and i'm i'm as guilty of that as anyone else i don't want to make it seem like it's just random people out there saying it i'm one of the biggest proponents of that that you just don't bank on putting but i think when you get down to the lower ends when we're talking about plus 150 to one type players or 6800 dollars and below on DraftKings. I do think that is something that you can point at. Like as Raza always points out that you're looking for specialists in areas down there. They really just need to do one thing really well. And if putting is going to be that one thing, I mean, Denny McCarthy has made plenty of people money on DraftKings over the years because you don't have to pay 9,700 for him. You pay $6,800 for him. And if it is one of his plus nine strokes gain putting weeks, you're going to get a lot of money uh, off that value. So I I wouldn't necessarily go and overlook it. I I think chasing putting at the high end in the expensive end is kind of stupid. Chasing it at the lower end, I've seen worse ideas in the world, put it that way. So let's go back to the custom model and we're going to sort by, we'll sort by past 24 rounds and continue to jump into this a little bit more. So we'll go with situational stats, we'll call this, just for my time coding purposes, if people want to look at this. 
And we're gonna sort by, oh, hell, let's just sort by Donald Ross courses and see what's going on here. So again, that will give us Detroit Golf Club, Sedgefield CC for the Wyndham Championship and the Tour Championship. It might go back. There's another one where the Barclays, Plainfield CC. I don't think anything has been played there since 2014. So maybe some guys go back, probably not in their past 24 rounds. We sort the model that way for Donald Ross only. Sabatini, Kokrak, Ben Ann, Vijegas, Wolf, Landry, Webb, Day, and Ryan Armour, Jason Duffner. I don't know if there's that much we can extract from Donald Ross stuff. I think you just want to look at the overall stats in total. Let's sort by easy scoring relative to par, though. Because I think that will merit some consideration this week where we just know that we're going in. It's going to be easy courses. And we'll see certain guys in the modeling if they turn out a bit better results versus what we think of them on the whole. Like, who plays better at the easiest courses? Varner actually plays the best at the easiest courses. Then, by the model, at least. We can go to, we can go look at strokes gain total after this, just raw numbers. Matthew Wolf, Seb Straka. I mean, that kind of rates. I mean, Straka's played well here both years. Norlander, or Norlander, Matsuyama, Neiman, Tringali, Hoffman, Duffner, Si Woo Kim. Uh, if we go even shorter form than that, uh, just by the custom model, past 12 rounds on easy courses to really get some recent form into the numbers. We'll see how that ends up adding up for us. Wait for everything to load. Now we're looking at Neiman, Matsuyama, Norlander, Tringali, Zalatoris, Bryson, Varner, Bramlett, Bubba, Hoffman, Neesmith, Matt Jones, Keegan Bradley, K.H. Lee, who's having another good week this week. Kim Kisner, Stanley, Duffner, Scott Brown, Chris Kirk, Sabatini, Michael Thompson, Doug Gibb, and Seb Straka continues to be up on that list. So uh, a few guys up there. So I think that's the way that I would kind of look at it this week. And we'll just flip back over from custom model to just overall strokes gain to see if that tells a little bit of a different story when it comes to who scores well. We'll look at both strokes gain total, strokes gained T to green, and strokes gained approach. KH Lee is your leader in the past 12 rounds at easy courses. Uh, obviously, the one that he won was a big contributing factor to that. But KH Lee, Neiman, Michael Thompson... Hello, Mr. Thompson. You all, I love me some Michael Thompson. You know he's going to end up making the list. How has he played here over the years? Hopefully it's good. That would be nice. He's played very poorly the last two times out, but at Wells Fargo gained a bunch on approach. Hasn't been great for old Michael Thompson. How are you doing at the Rocket Mortgage? A miscut in a T64. Not great. So what else are we looking at here? Cam Tringali, Bubba, Malnati, Webb Simpson, Norin. Norin has been playing these easy courses really well. Merritt continues to... Merritt should play it well, uh, by and large, for Troy Merritt. So we know that he can get so hot, like unconsciously hot at courses like this. Siwoo, Matt Jones, Kazire, Chris Kirk, Will Zalatoris, Will Z. It's been a rough go for Will Z. But he continues to gain off the tee, even gain on approach at the U.S. Open. Just his putting has been so abysmal over the last little bit that's going to be tough i'll probably go back to him because i'm a sucker for will zalatoris tita green at these courses will z is number one neiman lee bubba keegan uh, bramlett actually pops up on that list so does luke list scott brown hoffman spawn who did make the cut at the travelers russell knox shez shez after a porous was it round one or round two he had a really bad start to round three, but actually battled back throughout. Cameron Champ actually pops up on this too. If, he, if it's one of the weeks that he puts, he's going to be good to go. Approach, Zalatoris, Neiman, Tringali, Wolf, Shez, Knox, 
Luke Donald is up there. Brown continues to be up there. DJ Trahan Woodland sneaking back into the mix as well. Putnam is up there too. So there's a few sleepers if you want to narrow it down. I'm going to be on Kyle Stanley, by the way, this week. I just It seems like something is coming for him in Norlander. He's having a decent week. 25th at Palmetto. Good showing here last year. People like Henrik Norlander too, so it's really easy to jump back on board with him if you want to. Um, so let's check out the traveler stats from this week. Obviously they're incomplete. So if you go to fantasy national on Monday morning, you'll be able to check out the entire field. We'll go to the in tournament stats. Obviously some people have started to play. Obviously Bubba and Hickok aren't on the course yet. None of the top guys are on the course. Bo Hossler, like minus nine through 16 out. Kisner's having a nice week. Okay. So the stats are going to be skewed a little bit because some guys have extra data, uh, to go off of for this course because they play a little bit into round four but let's just see overall ball striking wise who's doing the best Stuart sink wow now stewie stewie stanley shez armor and henley are your best ball strikers of the week only shez is marginally gaining on the greens at 0.7 and that's how he is in 11th place at the moment henley continues to play well but he's not going to be in the field next week tough to see with bubba it seems like a course that should be really good for Bubba, but it's not a historic Bubba track, so that always gets a bit wonky. You see Norlander's currently in 55th. However, he's off the tee, gaining a bunch. Uh, he's gaining 1.1 off the tee, 4.3 on approach, chunking it around the greens and lost almost two strokes putting. So that's an interesting way to look at it if we want to go down that route. Uh, I mean, Seb Straka's irons are firing. Uh, he's in t- he's in a tie for 31st right now, but his course history goes a long way. Played well in both years. We can figure out the driving plays well at those easier courses. So I think it makes sense with someone like Seb Straka, depending on what his ownership is going to be. Poor Gim Reaper. He's ball striking the hell out of the ball, actually putting, can't chip to save his life. He's in T44. Just love me some Doug Gim. He's eventually going to turn it around and make all these putts some weeks. Uh, any just weird outliers from guys who missed the cut? Steele put on a ball striking clinic, lost almost six strokes putting. That's not great. Keegan went back to being Keegan. All the ball striking, no chipping, no putting. I'm curious to see if people go back to him after two consecutive missed cuts now. David Hearn lost 6.4 strokes off the tee, gained four on approach. Good God. Didn't see that coming. Von Taylor, another easy course player, gained a bunch on approach, couldn't putt, couldn't drive the ball. Paul Casey, when you kind of go back and look at his results, it won't be good, but he cannot. He's back to old school Paul Casey putting this week. Who are the other guys who missed the cut? Brown and Bramlett both gained a bunch on approach, couldn't putt. You know, par for the course for them. Uh, Ryan Armour has made the cut, but he can't chip and he can't putt, so it might be worth looking back to him. You see Merritt is hitting his irons and he's putting this week. That's always an encouraging sign. Danny Lee just pulled a classic Danny Lee. Couldn't drive, couldn't chip. All approach, all putting, missed the cut. Chase Kepka, ball striking phenom. Couldn't chip, couldn't putt. I don't know when the next time we're going to see him, but he's actually kind of playing okay. Stallings lost a bunch of strokes putting. He was first round leader here a year ago or two years ago. So maybe Stallings, someone playing a little bit better than maybe the numbers show, um, but just couldn't drain a putt to save his life. Other guys that missed the cut. Piercy, ball striking well. Shank, ball striking well. Higo. Really atypical of Higo to lose 3.6 strokes around the greens. Just maybe he's not familiar with the green complexes at this course, but he's usually quite good, at least on the European tour around the greens. Patrick Rogers lost 7.4 strokes putting throughout the course of the week. That is not common for him. 
So, yeah, we see some guys here from terms of the Traveler stats, but let's just go back to the field because I want to guess some odds for next week. Um, I think it's pretty clear, at least in my mind, that Bryson is going to be the favorite. So, let's see. We got Bryson. I'm going to take off the easy scoring. Do I still have that on? I do not. So, we got Bryson, Reed, Hideki, Will Z. Woodland is a bigger name in this tournament. Webb will most definitely be up there. He might actually be the second favorite. Hoffman. Siwoo is getting a lot of cred in fields like this right now. Sungjae. Who else would be up there? Wolf, because of the course history. That might be it. Bubba, if he wins, will most obviously, you know, his uh, his odds will like crater to 20 to 1 or something like that. I think that's all of the favorites in the field right now. At least the guys that would be at the very top of the list. So Bryson, let's call him 7 to 1 to win. I just, we, he's, he was 7 or 6 to 1 last year in this field and he won. So I don't see why they'd backtrack from that. We'll throw Ricky onto that list too. Even though he missed the cut, he might be uh, in Neiman. Yeah, that should be everyone. So seven to one for Bryson. Webb, Webb and Reed probably second. I'm thinking. We'll call Reed fourteen to one. We'll call Webb fourteen to one. I think that Bryson is going to be like a huge favorite in this field. Hideki will also call fourteen to one. Those could vacillate between like twelve and eighteen between them. Zalatoris will call twenty two. Hoffman will call twenty three. Si Wu thirty five to one. Sungjae. 28 to 1. Wolf, 28 to 1. Bubba's going to be the really the decider here. We'll call him 28 to 1, but if he wins, he might be 20. If he loses, he might be 35. Woodland, I'll say, is 35. Fowler, I think that they'll give him credit and make him 40 to 1, maybe even less at 35 to 1. And Neiman, I'll say 40. Might be a decent value on Neiman, although he just really hasn't been playing all that well. Other than that, like you're into like your Chris Kirk and Keegan Bradleys, they'll all probably be like 50 to 1 kind of guys. But I think that's the, the range that we're going. So we guess the odds for the week. Bryson at 7, Reed, Hideki, and Webb at 14 to 1. We'll say Zalatoris at 22 to 1. Bubba Wolf at 28 to 1, along with Sung J M. Then you have Hoffman, C. Woo! Fowler, Neiman. Woodland, I think they're all going to be in that 30 to 45 to 1 range somewhere in there. Probably we'll just call them 35 to 1 and be on our way. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, hopefully one of our guys comes through, whether it be Bubba, Cam Smith, Satoshi, maybe Ants or Hoffman can go on a run. I don't know. It'd be very much be very nice. I'll probably hedge out of it if one of my guys gets into a 1v1 situation. Optimally, I'd be looking for a Cam Bubba showdown, and then I don't have to do anything. Or if Satoshi wants to really get big into this, uh, we'll be good to go with him as well. So hopefully the Travelers ends up and we can get our third winner in five weeks. Um, that would be nice after you know, a horrible cold streak. It'd be nice to get on a bit of a hot streak, build up that bankroll a little bit with the British Open coming up, getting ourselves ready for football season. We're going to have some future bets to be throwing out as well. And maybe we can ride it through into the rocket mortgage. So once again, smash the like to the episode. Give me your first, just first thought in your head. Who's going to win this week in the comment section, sub to both the audio podcast and Mayo Media Network on YouTube, fantasynational.com slash Mayo for 20% off. 
And that will do it for me. We'll be back on Monday with Feinberg Tuesday with Mr. Andy Lack, first timer on the show. Excited to talk to him about the DraftKings preview. And then there's going to be a bunch of football. There's a bunch of football already out. So you can go back, download those shows, smash the like on the video versions. Goes a long way to help him. Listener's League link in the description right now. So go get your spot. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.